I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with part two of our celebration of the La Cienega Design Quarter with a special look back at Legends 2019. Los Angeles is a world-class destination in part because the La Cienega Design Quarter exists and functions as a design hub where lovers of design can find what was, what is, what's new, and what's next. This design district is special and has seen Los Angeles change from trendy studio town to global design creative powerhouse. It's not just because there are showrooms with beautiful works displayed. No, it's more than that. LCDQ is a social glue that bonds this vibrant and diverse community together. It's a place to gather, meet, and see. This is exactly what is missing in the spring of 2020 and what will be again soon, hopefully in the not so distant future. For the past 11 years, Legends has been a celebration of design, a showcase for amazing design talent and social gathering for anyone who loves design. In 2019, Convo by Design was an official media sponsor, and I cannot tell you how amazing this was for me and how saddened I was to learn that because of the coronavirus pandemic, this event was canceled this year. I think what saddens me most is that I personally will miss seeing all of my friends and making new ones, of course. And I imagine that many of you listening feel the same way. So I wanted to take a look back and share some of the amazing designers from last year's event. I also wanted to share the conversations that came out of an eight-day journey that had me literally riding my bicycle up and down La Cienega, Melrose, Melrose Place, securing interviews from these amazing creators, some of whom were in from out of town and had small windows of time for me to hit, but we did it, and you can hear about it here. My hope is that this gives you a little bit of joy. I will republish this in a series of episodes so you can hear all about the 2019 designs and showrooms whose windows served as the canvas for these amazing designers. I would also like to remind you how special the La Cienega Design Quarter is and suggest strongly that when this is all over, please go visit the LCDQ showrooms again. Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zanger, a fantastic company and an equally fantastic design partner. While the Walker Zanger brand was built on the promise to inspire designers and architects to do their best work, there's far more to it than that. Yes, that promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. But at the heart is a family-owned and operated business that provides stunning surfaces for a well-designed home and does it to make designers and architects do their best work for their clients. Walker Zanger started in 1952, and they are absolutely one of the best trade partners a designer can have. Check out their newest collaborative line with designer Pieta Donovan, a collection of cement and ceramic tiles inspired by the patterns and colorways of the 1970s and created with a comfortable modernity. Walker Zanger is on the cutting edge of design, featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. And they provide homeowners with the materials that dream kitchens and baths are made of. Check out any of their 14 showrooms across the country or shop online, walkerzanger.com. First up, this is Emily Summers. Hello, my name is Emily Summers, and I have Emily Summers Design Associates in Dallas, and my window here is at the McKinnon and Harris showroom. LCDQ, the Legends event. For, the, for you in particular as a, as, a, as a designer, 
for the design community, and especially interested because you're from Dallas, you're, you're from Texas, what, is, what does an event like this mean to you? What, is the, what does this do for you as a designer, as a creative, for the industry? For, how do you use an event like this? One thing that's uh, unique in the world of designers, we don't really get to be with other designers very often. So to come to uh, this wonderful place and meet and be with your peers and have uh, time to talk and uh, reminisce with many old friends, it's wonderful for me. So the theme this year was icons. So who did you select and why? I selected Rob Johns Gibbings who has been um, an inspiration on many levels for me. Um, I represent the classical furniture that he made with Saritas of Athens in my showroom. I'm the only, I'm the international rep for Saritas Furniture. And McKinnon and Harris has a beautiful example in their outdoor furniture of a Whittacombe chair that Gibbings designed. And so it was a, wonderful connection to make with Rob Johns and McKinnon and Harris. It was a natural. So how did, what made the work so special? What made the work iconic? Well, first of all, uh, Rob Johns Givings was a modernist, but he also respected classical design. And he went back and studied all the Greek vase paintings and the iconic Greek pieces that uh, showed pictures of the classic Klesmos chair. And he realized that even though it was an ancient symbol, an ancient uh, decorative uh, vase painting object, it was also a beautiful contemporary classic design and he brought it back for us to use. So curious. How did you, how did you channel the designer within the window and in your design? Well, it was wonderful. I happened to own two classic Whitcomb vintage chairs, and the showroom had two of the exact same chair in their metal, and so we found uh, we found antique textiles that were of that feeling of uh, early Greek fabric that was also uh, on, in the Villa Carilos, which is the inspiration for all this, this beautiful turn-of-the-century villa in Bouillot, France. So anyway, it all came together, and we used black and white, which would have been the traditional thing, and we used all the patterns from the Villa Carilos, the Greek patterns, to tie it all together. And who did you specify? Who did you use? All the products. Oh, Mosaic House uh, was wonderful and worked with us to do the tile patterns. And then Pat McGann, uh, we bought our textiles from Pat McGann, who has been here on this wonderful La Cienega for many, many years, and I've worked with her firm over the years. Was there any challenge for you working in such a small space? I mean, designers work small spaces all the time, but no. working a window any challenge? No challenge at all because the windows, uh, first of all, the McKinnon showroom is a beautiful spare classical architecture, wide open, and it lends itself perfectly to what we did. So it was, we couldn't have been happier. Thank you, Emily. This is Marianne Schickatanz. Marianne Schickatanz, Studio Schickatanz.
We are at the La Cienega Design District at Mansour Carpets. And we're here for LCDQ's annual Legends event. As a as a designer, in particular, as as a or in general, you as a as a creative, what does Legends mean to you? What does this event mean? How do you? Why do you come? How do you use it? Well, for all design districts all over the world, wherever they exist, um, these kind of events are really important. It brings all of us from the all from the professional world together, which is a lot of fun and a lot of inspiration for all of us. And I think it um, is a good good publicity and for for the design districts and for the individual vendors that are represented here. The district is just it's unique unto itself. There are other design districts for sure, but none of them are like this. Everyone's got a personality of its own mm-hmm. and that's it's, right and it's just so it's so fun to to come down and experience what each one has to offer correct yeah and it's real la i think because it's such a great mixture of grit and high fine you know high flying design it is, is really fun it's true who's the icon you selected we selected josef hoffman why uh, well, first of all, I'm Austrian, so it is fun to have somebody who had, uh, as an Austrian, a lot of influence on the international design world. And uh, he was, I'm an architect by training, and so was he. But then he did, was one of the first architects who really did uh, everything. He did, he designed interiors, he designed objects, um, he was a maker, as well as a designer, as well as an architect. And our studio is very much like that. We are, you know, architect architecture and interior design firm and so that was a really good fit for us how did you channel his work in your design we had um, wallpaper expert Shirley Robinson pick up one of his designs that we chose and she made this wonderful hand-painted wallpaper for us so that um, and when we built upon that just finding some of his iconic chairs pieces that we exhibited and just creating a little vignette that's a peek into the turn of the century Vienna living what do you think it was about his work that made it so special that made it iconic well, I think it was iconic because it, he had so much influence on the generations that followed. So you look at Corbusier's work, for example, and other modernists, they really built upon uh, Joseph Hoffman's influence. Who did you specify for your design for your window? Yeah, so we had Shirley Robinson's wallpaper, and then we found um, uh, original Fledermaus chairs at uh, at Orange, and um, we also found some uh, original, or not original, some reproductions uh, at Design Within Reach. Uh, They are still uh, selling Hoffman chairs. We have some tables that came through first dibs uh, that are also his uh, designs, but new. And uh, Dragonet is supplying a wonderful turn of, uh, of the same time, not uh, not an original uh, sculpture, as well as glass vase, which was very popular at that time. When you design for a home or a residence or an office or anything, aside from a hotel or something else, but a residence, you're designing it for one family and it's behind walls. And unless, if you want coverage, then you're, it's submitted to a magazine, you get mm-hmm. the kind of coverage. But with this... You've got the street, right? You've yes. got passersby. You, mm-hmm. whether, your, your work is being viewed, seen, 
shared on social media posts. How do you feel about that? So, do you like that, or is it something that you know you don't want, you don't want to pay attention to? It? You'd prefer it's just be behind a be in a picture or be behind glass, but not for people walking by to see. Do you care? Does it make? Is there any anxiety associated with that? No, we don't have anxiety associated to that. It's a lot of fun, and um, and I'm happy to participate. This is Jeff Andrews. My name is Jeff Andrews, and my firm is Jeff Andrews Design. We're here at Dragonette installing our window for LCDQ, which is quite a feat. Um, I think I might have gotten a little overambitious, but it's like, go big or go home is my motto. So we're not really creating a room, we're creating like an experience, um, all based on, on the work of Billy Haynes. Well, isn't that what design is? It's not a thing, it's an experience, isn't it? Totally, yeah, everything, but when you do a window like this, it's so different from doing a, a house or a room that we normally get to do every day. Like, it's it's time to like go into more fantasy land and make something that is exceptionally um, different from, from regular interior design work. So, LCDQ, what is, what is this particular event? mean to you as a designer to the design community what what does it mean and and what's so special about it i think lcdq is so cool because it's when once a year all the designers come together and converge in in one place with a common goal of just enjoying each other and you know sitting down and having great conversation and looking at the work that people have done on the windows and it's like it's really just a celebration of design so this year icons is the theme Right. Who did you select? I selected Billy Haynes because his innate sense of style and his, his the fact that he was self-taught as a designer and his work was so captivating in, in old Hollywood and the, the old Hollywood glamour that he created was so original and really speaks to me and, and I use elements of that in my design all the time. So how did you channel Haynes in your window? I'm not really sure that I'm channeling Haynes. I think it's more of an homage to Haynes. So I'm using a lot of things that are that are from my own collections, like my own wallpaper and uh, fabric and furniture, and just kind of playing homage to um, something that he would think is the new glamour rather than old Hollywood glamour. So um, hopefully he's gonna look down on me and really like what I'm doing. Well, and that's what I was going to ask, too, is part of this is, in talking to designers about the windows and thinking this through, the two schools of thought are, you know, one is working the window as he would have designed it, or saying, I'm going to design it the way I want to design it, I'm going to, I'm going to pay homage, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's inspired by. Right. right? And then there's sort of a grayscale in, in between. And yeah. how did, how did you, how did you choose to approach it? I mean, I think, I think everybody approaches it differently and you're right. Some people would recreate something that, that the person that they're honoring would have done. To me, it's just a matter of pulling, um, inspiration from their body of work because they are design icons and people that, that designers, the, even now today, we pull inspiration from people from the past because they're, they set the tone for things that have, have trickled into, into what design is today. But for me, I choose to just go more theatrical with it and more cinematic and and create something that is um, a visual impact uh, for the person just looking out the window. So I feel like it's it's pulling all kinds of um, kind of like um, creativity and 
design and advertising like it's all it's all coming together because it is it is something like that it's something that a window design is something that should sell something so that's the way that I choose to approach it what is it about his work that's so special that that makes it iconic I think his um, like Billy Haynes had a really great uh, sense of proportion and scale and shape and style and the way that he combined things to make things extremely glamorous and and also livable is what I'm really drawn to um, with him as a designer. Who did you use? Who did you specify for this? I used pretty much all things from my own collections. I used my own wallpaper. I used a piece of furniture from my Arun collection and um, just I, I pulled things together from from a couple different showrooms, but most of it is um, just from my own creation. <laughs> I find that really special, and I'm going to tell you why. Because you you selected an icon, and in representing you know how you how you envision them and view their work, and it's your own collection that you're using to represent that. Hmm. This, obviously, there's a there's a personal connection between you and this individual designer. Right. Well. Looking back at the work of Billy Haynes and, and the furniture that he designed has inspired me in my own furniture design. So it's it's kind of a, it's sort of a full circle emotional event for me right now to, to really be able to pay homage to somebody like that that has influenced me in so many different ways. And I think I think that's what the whole theme this year is with design icons. I think it's all about pulling, you know, from, from something that has influenced you in your life and... Um, you know, giving it back into the design community on, on some level, even if it's just window design. I mean, it's, it's sort of being able to pay homage to, to somebody that has changed your life. Thank you, Jeff. This is O'Hara Davies Gaetano. O'Hara Davies Gaetano, O'Hara Davies Gaetano Interiors. We are at the Baracat showroom in West Hollywood, where I had the pleasure of designing the window for Legends of La Cienega. What is LCDQ, what does Legends mean for, for you as a designer? and for the, for the design community in general? Legends over the years for me has become an amazing opportunity to come together with my peers, with designers and architects that I revere and I look up to. Um, editors from all over the country are part or participate in Legends and it's just a really wonderful time to all come together and celebrate the design community. And you get to you get to reconnect too, don't you? You get to see old friends, meet new ones. Absolutely, it's an amazing opportunity for us to come together and um, not only be able to celebrate design, but talk business practices, share what's new, current trends, learn from one another. So it's really an amazing it's an amazing group and it's an amazing week. So the theme this year is icons. Yep. Who's the icon you selected for your window? So I'm a huge fan of Francois Catreau, and he was my icon for my window design for the Barracot showroom. And what do you think it is about his work that, that makes it so special, that makes it iconic? I think Francois seamlessly, no matter the environment, designs to the environment that he is introduced to and he can articulate a vision so beautifully and seamlessly. Um, he has this incredible ability to mix genres of style in a very juxtaposed but classic and timeless way and he's always been a huge source of inspiration to me and to my work. That being said, how did you channel him into your design? 
So the Barakat windows are interesting in that they're very dark. So I was going through Francois's newest book, um, and he designed a room for himself in 1968, where he was kind of in a phase of anti-design, and he painted these huge, bold, yellowed stripes, floor, ceiling, walls. And so I really wanted to make a bold statement within the window so that your eye was pulled into the window. So emulating his striped room, I had custom, I commissioned paintings to be painted um, in reference to his yellow bold stripes and then layering in with these beautiful antiquities from the Barakat showroom and from my own personal collection. Was this fun for you? Oh, it's always fun. It was a blast. Do you get nervous? Designing the window? So. Putting myself out there? Two schools of thought. Um, some designers, well, let me back up a second. The, when you design a home, when you design a residence or a business for someone, right? It's four walls, closed in. The world doesn't see it unless you choose that you, to, to, have that, to have that work covered in publications. Right. With this, you do it in a window. Yeah. Passers-by, well, anyone who wants to walk by can see your work. As a creative, yeah. does, that, does that make you nervous? Does it, does it excite you? I think it excites me more than anything because I love the conversation and the dialogue that it allows. Um, and I think that's what's so amazing about celebrating design and legends is really we all come together. We're all from so many different schools of thought and aesthetic. And we're able to not only articulate the vision, the inspiration from our icon, but also interpret it in our own way. Um, so I think it's, you know, maybe slightly intimidating, but more just enjoyable and really fun. Some designers choose one of, school to, one of two schools of thought, the first being, um, I'm going to design the window the way that the icon would have designed it. The other school of thought is, I'm going to design the window the way I want to design it and pay homage to the designer as, as I see fit, but it's sort of inspired by. Mm -hmm. Then there's a hybrid, there's a whole gray area in between the two. Which did you select? I would say much more of the hybrid, the yeah. meritage of the two. Um, you know, true to Francois's work, a lot of it you'll see these beautiful um, installations and vignettes with incredible one-of-a-kind historical sculptures, statues. So that was, you know, innate to my window design was to bring that back in, but to pair it with this modern bold statement, um, which is very true to the way I live and the way I design for myself as well. And go, going through the, the room mentally, again, who did you specify for the, for the room? So I had my father, Nick Gaetano, commissioned him to do the paintings for the window. Um, the antiquities are from the Barakat showroom, and then the antique Swedish Gustavian chairs are from my own personal collection. Jake Alexander Arnold, up next. I am Jake Arnold with 4C Design Group. We're in West Hollywood in a Hollywood at Home showroom on La Cienega. We're here for the Legends event next week and we are just gearing up for the LCDQ presentation. Are you excited about this? I'm very excited. This is your first one? Yeah, my first one. So what does LCDQ, what does Legends mean for you as a designer for the design community in general? I think it's just important, like a lot of times we all forget to take a step back and really recognize that what we're actually doing and putting out into the world, which is to make a more beautiful, enjoyable experience for everyone else. And it's not just for us as designers. So I think it's important to shed a light on both coasts and the talent that is out there, but also like referencing the historical nature of what the event is based around. 
And speaking of which, the event this year, the theme is, is icons. So who did you select? So I selected Rose Cummings, who is an incredible designer and had an amazing line of textiles and actually selected her because I am always drawn to her textiles, print, color, and and everything that she kind of stands for. So I wanted to stay authentic to the work that I also do so that it made sense. And I also just think what she does is incredible and stands the test of time. Interesting. Tell me a little bit about her philosophy on leaving the lights on. So when I selecting um, to what like to represent Rose Cummings, I did some research and realized that she was one of the first people to keep the lights on on her windows at night. Instead of typically turning all the lights off, she wanted people after hours to experience the window and the design and the aesthetic. So I thought that was really interesting and kind of amazing pioneer in that way in the design world it kind of goes back to the idea that design is more than just something you look at it it's an experience yeah yeah for sure and i think that's what's so key and why i wanted to to do what the window that we did is because i didn't want it to just look like you were looking into a room i wanted it to feel like an experience that you were at this cafe that felt like you were part of and it was realistic versus looking into a faux reality I wanted it to feel from the street you could experience that just like when you would walk up to a window and look at cakes and like exciting like patisserie I wanted to emote that feeling versus just looking into a room with no personality that felt stale like a picture what do you think it was about her work the work itself that made it so special so iconic I think everything, in my opinion, is all about standing the test of time, whether it is minimal, it's busy, maximalist, it doesn't matter what the philosophy is, it's either something that's beautiful forever and is timeless, and that is key. And everything that I do in my work is, I always put that first versus anything that is a trend, and I think that that is really important and crucial to maintaining this a beautiful aesthetic. So how did how did you channel her in your window? So I think I mean what was tricky for me is that I'm more of a minimalist. So I wanted to use her kind of textiles and in kind of eccentric prints even when it was the florals and the checks and the ginghams and the tartans like I wanted to use those textiles in a in a way that I would use it with a um rustic table because a lot of her work is more polished than the stuff that I do. So I wanted to channel both her and my... Um, sorry, say start again. I wanted to channel her through the mix of the, her kind of aesthetic and the, and the bold and the, and the busy with a more primitive, more rustic sensibility. Was it a challenge for you? This is something that, in, in listening to you answer that, it just totally came to my mind. Was it a, was it a challenge for you to, to... Okay, let me back up a second, because there's two schools of thought here, and, I, and I've talked to a, a lot of designers about this. One school of thought is designing the window as your icon and how they might design it. The other is designing it as you choose to design it, yet paying homage 
to who they are and what right. they do, then there's sort of a, a gray area in between where most people seem to fall at different scales. Where did you fall in that? And was it a challenge for you? You know, you're, you're more of a minimalist, as, you, as yeah. you said. Was there a challenge in that? I think it was more exciting for me because I enjoy minimalism, but I also love layers and texture and print. So it was important to me to channel that, but it was also fun and exciting because a lot of times I do enjoy layering and having such a mix of materials. So I actually found it more enjoyable than challenging. And however, at the end, when I finished, I always took away one thing to edit because I think even if you're maximalist and you want to have layers, even with with Rose and her aesthetic, I think it was important to still have the ability to edit. The, the beauty, the art, the magic really is in the edit, isn't it? Yeah. It's all less is that my whole philosophy is less is more, even if it's maximalism, because I think you can go overboard and be themed. Like my biggest thing when we did the window is I didn't want to feel like I was walking onto a set versus actually having this realism and also being refined and a beautiful experience versus like just looking like a cafe. And I think that's how I would design a cafe if it was using her materials and her her design intent. And I think it was a good mix of both. So who did you specify? So I specified a lot of different artists, whether they were vintage, new, or not as established. When it came to the wallpaper, a good friend of mine who's actually a textile designer, it's called AK Design, had, she does amazing illustrations and turns them into wallpaper and textiles and she had this amazing textile that had these this grouping of women and I thought it would work perfectly for the concept that we were doing and then mixed with um, the lighting fixture we worked with Obsolete in Culver City who are one of my favorite um, vendors who I buy a lot of um, stuff for for all the projects that I work on and again, mixing the new and the more monochromatic with the patina age of the obsolete light fixture was like a big thing that I typically do in my work. And then we sourced the long table in the front from Big Daddy's, which was more of a primitive rustic wood piece. And then we were lucky and fortunate enough to have Sweet Lady Jane provide us with all the cakes, because if anyone knows, they're the best cakes. But you cannot eat them, unfortunately. That is awesome and beautifully done. Thank you, Jake. This is Sasha Bykoff. Hi, I'm Sasha Bykoff from Sasha Bykoff Interior Design, and we are here at the Mark Phillips showroom in Los Angeles. Okay, so we are here for LCDQ's Legends event. And um, it's really interesting because events like this are really special. They do a lot of things for designers. You as a designer, um, what does this event mean to you? What do you think it means to the community? And it's even more important too because you're based in New York. So what does an event like this do for you? So I think it's really important to look at interior design from a global standpoint and I view this community as kind of a worldwide community and I think that coming out here to LA and being part of Legends and giving LA a little bit of the taste of what we do in New York is super important and I also think it's inspiring. Um, the way that we decorate in New York is not necessarily the same vibe um, and you know there's different creativity here so I think it's nice to be eclectic and mix it up a little bit and that's why I came out here 
Very cool. So the theme for Legends this year is icons. So who is the icon you selected and why? I selected Madeline Kestang because I am really inspired by female designers and especially her designs. Um, I lived in Paris for a year and I uh, veer towards the French aesthetic. And for me, what really inspired me, for what inspires me about her work is how she mixed a lot of patterns and colors together, which is how I decorate. So for Legends, I wanted to um, give homage to Madeleine Castaing and bring her designs kind of to the future and add my spin on them. That being said, how, how did you channel, well, let me back up a second. What makes her work so special? What makes it iconic? It was iconic because it was revolutionary at the time. No one was really doing the things she was doing. Um, her designs are really feminine and she always owned that. And she used a lot of colors mixed with patterns. Like you would see works of hers that were leopard, but with turquoise, a lot of embellishments, trim. Um, very luxury fabrics and I think that also being a woman in that industry during that time period was probably challenging at a time and we are living in this era where we have so much female empowerment now so I wanted that to also be a large part of my window and what I was doing to kind of put the woman and the female decorator from the past on the pedestal right now. So that being said, how did you channel her work into your design? So I actually looked at, um, I researched a lot of her images and uh, the use of leopard print was a big part of some of her most iconic interiors as well as um, bright colors like turquoise. So I designed um, two screens. Uh, in the window upstairs that have the same trim that she used on a lot of her drapery and I also incorporated leopard and I incorporated the classic trellis motif with roses all of which are usually part of her design again very feminine and um, I added lightning bolts to it I used a French Aubusson carpet upstairs I used um, classic French satin style draperies and I mixed more European French style antiques but um, I guess my spin in addition to the lightning bolts is there's a neon turquoise light uh, which um, is on the facade of the A-frame, and that kind of brings it to like this contemporary party era that we're in right now. The, the party era. Yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> um, so who did you specify? Who did you use? For my window, I used a Mark Phillips antique Aubusson carpet. I used Fabricut fabric for my drapery. I used Londub Studios to um, design and make my screens, which are all hand painted with 24 karat gold leaf. And I used John Nevelson antiques for all of my antiques. Very cool. Thank you. Hey, did you did you have fun doing this? So much fun. Did you? I did. Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> From Sasha Baikoff to Neil Beckstead. Hi, I'm Neil Beckstead from Neil Beckstead Studio, and I'm at Woven. So you're here for Legends, and the LCDQ, Le Legends event 2019. 
I, I like this too because to ask you this question because mm-hmm. you're from you're you're not from LA yep. so you're from out of town. What does an event like this mean to you? How do you, how do you use it? Um, it's exciting just to be involved in another design community. Uh, I know I love being involved in my community in New York, but expanding your bubble and your sphere to meet new designers, meet people in the industry, it's a great feeling to collaborate and knowing that community in a different coast is incredible. So the theme this year is icons. Yes. So who's the icon you selected and why? My icon is Pierre Jean Array. Why? Because I love his work. I think he was an amazing architect and amazing furniture designer. And I think that's incredible because not only was he an architect, but he also did furniture design. And that cross-pollination to go from large scale to small scale and excel in both is iconic. What about the work itself makes it so special? What makes it iconic? Uh, I mean, it's obviously very personal. So for me, I love the warmth, the the wood, the caning, the angularity of it. There's a very obviously a very fresh modern approach to it when he did it back in the 60s, 50s, 60s. Uh, but it's still relevant today. Uh, it was very creative and forward thinking, and still is. And it's become a very collectible piece. All of his pieces, actually. So, have you ever designed a window before? I've never designed a window, and this is my first window. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, it's very much like an event, uh, designing you know, for an event, which I've never done as well. Um, and it came together very quickly. Uh, I mean, the closest thing I've actually had happen where I was hired by a client to set up their apartment for the afternoon. So it was very much like on. <laughs> so it was very much similar to that, where you just had to go with the flow and get it up and running. That being said, how did you how did you channel his work into your design? Um, well, the the process for me for the design was really not only showcasing his work, but also woven and how they integrate. I think they both have a lot of common denominators, as well as showcasing how I work uh, and elevating all three of us to really showcase us at its best and there's a great textural element to both woven and Piaget genre and I really wanted to become not a vignette a typical furniture vignette but a very much more like a museum to celebrate his chairs and to really use woven's rugs as platforms to really showcase that so you can, the whole design is about a chair museum and with that the rugs are supporting his work see I I love that and I love that approach I, I found that there's been two schools of thought yep. that goes into this and then sort of a, a gray area between. One school of thought is I'm going to design this space as I feel they would design this space. Right. The other school of thought is I'm going to design this space as I want to design this space, pay, space paying homage to them and their work. And then in between there's sort of different, different, a different scale, right? right. Where would you say you're, you, you fell? Um, I definitely would probably assume I fell to the to the side of really not trying to recreate his work. He was a master architect, master designer, so let's not go there. And it was just really about celebrating his work and specifically the chairs that he designed. I mean, it's really the homage to all these gorgeous chairs that have become iconic all over and they're, you know, amazing today uh, and there will be in the future. But they, it's really celebrating that 
craftsmanship, the design and beauty of every single piece. So I just wanted to showcase his work like a museum would on pedestals to really see them in a different light, see them at different heights, see the backs of them. You'll see there's pairs of chairs, so I turn them in different directions. So you really kind of observe them and really take the chair in uh, and celebrate that. So an observation, because of that, you chose the choices you made your creative choices were to, to really go with a with a less is less philosophy and to focus all of the attention on really two things. Yeah. It's the rugs and the chairs. Correct, correct. I mean, I think that speaks to kind of how I work too anyway. It's really less is more and I, I definitely am a modernist and it's always about editing down to the purest form and here it's really celebrating woven in Pierre Genre and that's what the end result was and error and goal was and the hopefully the end result as well that's great so while you're in LA is there anything that you haven't done that you're gonna try to try to get in this week? Um, well while I'm in LA I love to shop <laughs> I am a huge fan of all the vendors here I I feel like I'm a um, transplant from LA. Uh, I, I think the style is much more my aesthetic here. I love the quality of life, the whole aesthetic. So I'm definitely going to hit all the shops that are my favorite. Are you the next New York designer to move to New York? <laughs> I've been trying for years, so <laughs> I don't know if New York will let me go. But someday I will be living here in some state. <laughs> that is so great. And wrapping up this episode is Olasky and Sinsteden's Catherine Castile. Olasky and Maximilian P. Sinsteden. Hi, I'm Max Sinsteden. I'm Catherine Olasky. And we are from the firm Olasky and Sinsteden. And this year we did the window for Meacock's Gardens. This event is really, is really unique and it's very special. And I'm curious what it means to you as designers in general, and for you in particular, having done a window and being here, what do, you, what do you think about this event? How do you use this event? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to the design community? Well, we spend a lot of time in our offices and with our clients, and it is so fantastic to come together with our, our peer group and our fellow hardworking designers and all, also our inspirations. So many people that we look up to and to hear them speak and to hear about what's happening in their business these days, what challenges they're facing. And so it's just a really nice time to say time out on the, on the work process and just sort of enjoy the people that we do it with. And it feels like there's a big breadth of uh, things that we get enjoyment from here, from the uh, like true inspiration type talks and lectures, also to the amusing and funny, and also to the serious, um, which are helpful for building our business and growing and those sorts of things. And we also like shopping in any capacity. So coming to LA and spending a few days and, and squeezing in uh, some dealer visits and artisan visits. When in doubt, run the cart. Exactly. <laughs> the theme for this year was icons. Who's the icon you selected and why? Um, so we selected John Fowler um, of the British firm Colfax and Fowler, which Catherine worked at for several years in London. And uh, he and his firm have been a huge influence and inspiration for our work. Um, and we also select that in conjunction with the fact that um, we were debuting Veer Grenny's collection for Schumacher of some new fabrics. And uh, he was also a director at Colfax. So it all sort of tied together. That's really, that's really cool. I, I love when there's a direct and personal connection between the icon 
and and the design. Unfortunately, it's, we're a little too young for too direct a personal connection, yeah. but <laughs> we wish. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Fair enough, but at the same time, having that having that personal connection there, that we are very sort of tied in some way. Yeah, that you can that you can draw back to. What is it about? What is it about the work that makes it so iconic? What is it about the work that makes it so special? Well, it was sort of the whole invention of the English country house look and how those houses were completely transformed by color and fabrics and upholstery details and curtain details. And it, but it was also, you know, this is what we can learn from it. That was a moment in time, you, you know, where they were facing challenges of shortages after the war and during the war and things like that and what they made of it. And we have different challenges today. We have an abundance of fabrics and materials, but we have, you know, maybe the shortages of the desire for that level of work. And we have other, you know, um, technology, technological challenges and things like that. So, you know, it's interesting to see how he was able to invent something in quite a difficult time. And, and not, not that we're in uh, right. such a difficult time, but you know, just how we're, what we're gonna do with the things. Yeah, and I think carrying on from that, it's like his, it, uh, his invention of, of being resourceful was necessary because of the, the, the climate and the circumstances and the socioeconomic circumstances. But for us, I mean, with the explosion of the internet and everyone sort of seeing everything all the time and it's constantly trying to come up with new ideas, like I feel like we have to be imaginative for the necessity of creating something new and exciting. And so we, I think, have drawn from his ability to do that in his times to hopefully reflect that in our work. Hold for one second. I'm waiting for the go-kart to just not raising our voices. <laughs> no, you did great. So, tell me something. How did you how did you channel that into your window design? Oh, well, speaking of challenges, uh, no, I'm just okay. playing. Um, no, so we were able to uh, shop from the newly created collection of Viergrenis fabrics for Schumacher and decide how we wanted to display them. We had the walls upholstered and some wonderful curtains embroidered in New York and then sent over and made here. Um, we had some carp lovely um, sort of rush matting carpet installed, um, fabulous pottery, some mid-century, or I guess they were 30s uh, paintings that are Swedish, a contemporary picture. Anyway, just a, a fun mix of items. And that hopefully reflect both a sort of lighthearted California aesthetic, but also all the design elements we've been speaking about. So who did you um, who did you specify for the window? Who did you use? In terms of vendors? In terms of products, vendors, everything. Yeah. Well, um, the, all the fabrics came from Schumacher, and um, obviously that was sort of our, our, our starting point. And then um, they have a partner with, they're part of their company is Patterson, Flynn & Martin, the carpet company, who we work with a lot. And um, so the carpet came from them. Um, and then we sourced um, all the various antiques and objets, mostly from here um, in LA, from Joel Chen, um, from Leaf Gallery, um, I'm staring across the street to think of the other places. <laughs> and John Nelson Antiques was just tremendously generous. Um, um, me, the guys in Meacocks were fabulous. We have a few pieces from them. We borrowed um, a wonderful pair of lidded, contemporary lidded jars by Christopher Spitzmiller that are from Kate Reinstein Brodsky's shop in New York that we sort of felt brought all the colors together. Have you done a window before? We have not done a window before. This has definitely been a new <laughs> new adventure for us. 
Uh, so yeah, it's been great. We've done show, show houses and things, and it wasn't too different from that. But. Really? I See, I would think that it kind of would be because it's so much smaller. You're, the area you have to work Well, with. you say that, but then we built a very large room. Ah, <laughs> in our okay. window. Okay. So we ended up with a bit more square footage than I think most of the other windows are. So we, in that sense, just treated it like a small room in a house. Good experience? You had a good time? Great experience. Lots of fun. So many wonderful vendors and friends and people being generous and helping us. So it's been a wonderful time. Awesome. That is a wrap on this episode of Convo by Design, featuring the amazing creatives who decorated and designed the windows of the La Cienega Design Quarter in 2019. I hope hearing from these creators brings you a little bit of joy, and I look forward to Legends of La Cienega returning again in 2021. Thank you, LCDQ, for having me out. Thank you, Walker Zanger, for your continued support. And thank you for listening to the show, downloading each podcast episode, and engaging through the socials. Make sure you never miss an episode of the podcast. Ask Siri to help you out. Say, hey, Siri, play Convo by Design podcast. Okay, Convo by Design podcast now playing. Created a global furniture brand. There you go. That never gets old. Try it. It works. Thanks for listening. And until next week, keep creating. Mm -hmm.